Hey, and welcome to the Weather Channel. I, Allie, personally know that when you're at rock bottom, it can feel like God is an emotionally abusive boyfriend. This podcast exists to disprove the theory that joy and goodness are only found in perfect circumstances. Here, you will hear real stories from people who, when faced with heart-wrenching circumstances, chose joy, whether or not it made sense. Hello, my friends. I am so excited to be back with you. I am so grateful and so humbled that the Lord has offered the opportunity to have a season three for the Weather Channel. So welcome to season three. I wanted to let you know before you listen to this episode that I have not recorded an episode for months now, and I am a little bit out of my groove. You will notice a difference between the sound quality that you're hearing right now and the sound quality of the episode that you're about to listen to, because although I spoke directly Directly into my microphone the entire recording of this episode, I forgot to plug it in and turn it on. And so I am really sorry. As a perfectionist, the sound quality bothers me. It is not horrible, thankfully. You can still hear me very clearly, but the sound quality is important to me. And so I just wanted to warn you and let you know, and thank you for your grace with me. Okay, here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Weather Channel. This is a brand new season. So many exciting episodes that I am just pouring out prayer over to encourage your heart and to draw you so near to the Lord with. So I pray that is what happens this season. Um, Today, like I said, is season one and I am recording. If you could see me right now, it is 10 o'clock at night. It is nearly dark in my little podcast studio. I am going to be speaking quieter than I normally do, although that's going to be hard because I do tend to get excited and shout, (laughs) but my family is asleep, but it has been a really exciting day. It's been a It was a hard day for a few hours, and then it became a really exciting day. And we've actually just had a really exciting weekend um, in regards to my health. And so I am just really excited to be back and to be sharing updates with you. So um, I am recording at 10 o'clock tonight because... Uh, like I said, we had a really hard day and then we had a really exciting day. And what I mean by that is I had a PET scan this morning that determined whether or not I was still in remission. A year ago, I was told that I was in remission, which means that there was no evidence of disease or cancer in my body. And as of today, there is still no evidence. And so I am cancer free, which is a really big deal in the cancer world. But what I mean when I say it was a hard day at first is that I was sent my test results before I was able to talk with my doctor. And so when I got the results, I read some things that I did not understand. And it was really, really scary. And I read some things about activity in my brain and I freaked out. I went full on trauma mode. Um, I just, it just put me back in this really scary place of the time like I was at the time when I was diagnosed I'm just in a really really bad place um I saw fear in my husband's eyes instead of 
screaming with excitement about being in remission still. I was screaming in fear and just terrified that I was no longer in remission and cancer had spread to my brain and all over my body. But um, my doctor finally called me back a few hours later, told me that I misread the report because go figure, I am not a doctor and explained the results to me and told me that I was in remission. But I share that story with you because that is why I am sitting here recording this episode for newly diagnosed cancer patients. Because today, although it's been two years since I was diagnosed and a year since I have been in the thick of cancer treatment, you may think I am removed, but I am not because somehow when we hear traumatic news, our bodies go right back to that place. Our minds go right back to that place. And I went right back to that place today. And so my feelings are very raw today. My heart is super tender towards newly diagnosed cancer patients. Um, Even if you're not a cancer patient, maybe you have just received a diagnosis of any kind, lupus, any terrible disease, um, any heart disease, you name it. There are a lot of really scary health issues out there. And, um, or maybe you have just received some other horrible news. Maybe your husband wants a divorce. Maybe you've lost a child. If you are listening to this podcast, you are probably dealing with some sort of suffering in your life, whether it's big or small. So the Lord allowed that little mishap to happen for a reason. He made it very clear as I was trying to decide which episode to put out first for season three, that this was the episode. And um, ironically, I was supposed to record this during nap time today, but that was also the time that I got the news about my scan. And so that did not happen. And so lo and behold, here we are. And I know that if you are listening and you are a newly diagnosed patient, life feels impossible right now, but I want to encourage you with um, just some thoughts that the Lord has put on my heart. And honestly, these thoughts that I'm going to share with you are things that are on it, like just truly notes that I have jotted down throughout the past two years of cancer treatment that the Lord put on my heart. The first thing I want to start with is, like I said, I know that life feels really impossible right now, but what I also know is that no matter what your unique suffering looks like right now, that you are going to rise to this occasion. You are going to learn so much about yourself and about your creator, whether you believe in a creator right now or not. If you seek him, you will learn so much about him and you will turn the burdens that you experience into blessings and although that life is going to feel excruciatingly complicated, you will feel and find holy simplicity in Jesus. And more importantly, friend, do you know what God is going to do with you? He is going to be your strength. And how do I know that? Because he promises it in in his word. He has said this to us. He has promised this to us. He is going to be our strength. He is going to be your strength when you realize that you have none, which will happen, especially if you are doing some sort of physical treatment. He is going to display his kindness more clearly than ever before. Oh my goodness. I have so many stories of his kindness throughout the last two to three years that I have been in this cancer journey. He is going to remind you that although you suffer deeply, it is not your job to worry about the what ifs. I know that can be really, really hard because especially as women, we think, what if this happens? What if that happens? But 
there is so much freedom in remembering that it is not our job to worry about the what ifs. And just like the Bible also says, he is going to sing gentle lullabies over you on you, your darkest night, on your scariest night. He is going to sing like a mother with her child and whisper in your ear that whether you get the miracle that you're hoping for or not, you get a miracle either way if you know Jesus, because you get to be in eternity with him forever. And so what I mean by that is if you don't get your miracle here on earth of healing, I know this is a really crazy thing to say. It might sound really wacky, especially if you don't know Jesus, but the most helpful thing that I did was come to terms with the fact that I might not get my miracle here on earth. God, God did not have to heal me of stage four cancer. He did. And I am so grateful but he didn't have to. And I may have gotten my miracle with him by being able to spend eternity with him, by going to heaven, by dying, but him immediately meeting me right there and remembering that the victory is already won. That was the theme of our cancer journey is that the victory has already been won because we were in some really scary spots multiple times. And I had to remember that whether or not I got my miracle here on earth or not, the victory was already won and I was going to get a miracle either way. But what if your miracle isn't that you are healed? What if your miracle is that you get to be with Jesus in a perfect world forever, like forever? eternity. Maybe one of your miracles here on earth though, is that your children grow up to be compassionate and kind people, or maybe even healthcare workers, or maybe even a doctor who is so passionate about finding a cure for the disease that you are struggling with right now. What if that is one of our earth side miracles? Um, what if one of our miracles is that our kids are just simply not selfish or ignorant to the suffering that is happening in the world because they have seen their parent or their aunt suffer. I know that decisions right now seem impossibly hard. Like you can hardly breathe. Decisions about treatment, decisions about where do you live? Who do you live with? Especially in a COVID world right now and flu season coming up and all of the other illnesses that we have in our world. Decisions can feel really scary and really hard, but I want to encourage you. And this is something that I just jotted down when I was trying to make decision after decision about where I was going to live during my stem cell transplant, how, what treatment I was going to get, who was going to be my caretaker, so many decisions. Um, and I just jotted this note down and, and this is from the Lord truly, as I was praying through it, he just set this on my heart and I heard him encourage me that it might not be one easy and one hard choice that I have to choose between. Um, both of them might be really tempting or really awful, really hard. Um, it, it might be really confusing. There might be 10 amazing options. There might be 10 terrible options, which that's kind of how it felt when I was trying to make decisions based on cancer treatment. It felt like there is not a good option. These are, these are three to four horrible options that I have to choose from. But what he reminded me of was that he was with me in, and he was going to be with me in whatever decision that I made. 
Um, obviously not, I'm not talking about intentionally making sinful decisions, but I'm talking when you are truly seeking the Lord's wisdom on a decision and you are confused and you feel like there are no good options, just let me encourage you that he is going to be with you no matter what decision you make. He is going to bless your desire for obedience. Um, so don't stress, don't stress about it. Pray about it. Move forward knowing that he is going to be with you. Okay. I want to share a couple of stories with you and um, bear with me for a second because one of them is about pregnancy. And I, I just want to be clear that I know cancer is not like getting pregnant. Um, so don't lose me there, but, but hear me out for a second. So when Ben and I, and some of you have heard me tell this story before, but um, you'll, you're just going to be blessed by hearing it again. So here we go. Um, when Ben and I were first married, we got pregnant with our oldest Adelie three months later, and we were, we were shocked. We were embarrassed. And if I'm being really honest, we were not that excited. We were, we had a five-year plan. This baby was messing up our plans and we felt like we were missing out. Like what in the world, God, why would you give us this baby? We have so much life to live. We wanted to travel. We wanted to get out of debt. There were just so many things that we wanted to do before we had a baby. Well, fast forward three years and I am diagnosed with cancer and fast forward three years later, when I am finally finishing cancer treatment, but not sure if I'm able to have any more babies because of the cancer treatment. This hit me upside the head <laughs> hard, um, but it was, oh my goodness, it is just such, Adelie is such a tangible reminder to me about all of the times that I asked the Lord and questioned and challenged and honestly, frankly, yelled at him out loud. What are you doing? This is not what I wanted. This is insane. Um, and I share this story with you because I did not want a baby, just like I did not want cancer. And I felt like life was spinning out of control and these were not my plans. I was frustrated. I was angry, but just like now I can look back six years later and say, Oh my goodness, what would I do without our Addie girl? I don't know what I would do without our Addie girl. We love her so much. And like I said, not knowing if we're even able to have more children, the Lord was so sovereign and kind to give her to us when he did. And not only that, but we got a bonus baby with Willow. So we have two girls that we weren't even sure if we were having them at the right time or doing parenting the right way, but God provided and blessed. And like I said, do not hear me say that pregnancy is like cancer because honestly, pregnancy is joyful most of the time and exciting, but, um, there are going to be things that happen on your cancer journey that you are going to question God about that you might just straight up yell at him and ask what in the world is going on. And you might not, you, we probably won't see the full picture here, but there are going to be 
pictures here on earth that we get to see that God reveals to us about his plan, about why he allowed this to happen in your life, why he allowed you to you know, make the wrong, quote unquote, the wrong decision or um, fill in the blank, things that you are questioning him about. We are going to see small bits about why he allowed certain things that right now, honestly, we think are the worst thing ever. Um, and we're also going to see ways that maybe this thing, this cancer journey or whatever horrible thing that you're walking through right now, we're going to see ways that maybe it isn't the worst thing that has ever happened to you. The number one thing that I want you to remember is that as I am, as I was just saying about the pregnancy uh, analogy is that blessings are going to come with, with whatever you are suffering through, but we have to look for them. If we have a heart posture of anger and resentment towards, towards the Lord, towards life, we're going to miss them. But I guarantee that if you look for the blessings that are happening while this horrible thing is happening, please don't hear me be Pollyanna and say that life is so wonderful and perfect. And even with cancer, you can be happy all the time and life is going to just be a bowl full of blessings. That is not what I am saying. But what I am saying is that while this is really, really, really hard, and it is absolutely okay to say that, that this is really, really hard at the same time, God in his goodness and his kindness and his grace offers blessings through people, through his word, through thoughts and wisdom that he, that he gives us through growth that he provides. There are so many blessings, but we have to look for them. So, um, that being said, let me just caveat with this does not have to be a dark time. I, I think somebody said this to me when I was honestly, I, I couldn't tell you, um, but I think that somebody said this to me when I was first diagnosed and, and I wrote it down because here it is in my notes. And I just, I remember this being another game changer for me because when they said it, I thought, what in the world? What do you mean? This is the darkest time of my life. And it honestly was a little frustrating to hear, but they said, this doesn't have to be a dark time. There can be light even in darkness and, and there can be lightness and happiness and joy, not always happiness, but there, there can always be joy, even when we are deeply suffering. Um, and truly friends, let me just encourage you and say that I can attest to this three years later, I can attest to that being true. I did not realize how badly I needed junk removed from my life until it was removed until the Lord said, okay, I'm going to remove this or until he just refined me over and over and over in the same area of my life that I was struggling with through cancer. Like he used cancer to refine me. I didn't know all of the junk that I needed removed until it was gone. And that is his goodness. That is his kindness. And you are going to find that this is not a hopeless time, not with Jesus. It is not a hopeless time. Another thing that he laid on my heart while I was praying and just working through some really, really hard days, um, was that this is a compliment. If you have been given a really deep, dark, hard challenge, 
through the Lord, from the Lord. Like, obviously the Lord is over your life. So he allowed this hard thing to happen in your life. He didn't cause it, but he allowed it, which is a whole other episode. (laughs) Um, If he allowed something really, really hard in your life to take place, take it as a compliment. Take it as a compliment that he loves you enough to refine you, to teach you, to not just let life be easy for you, which is what I know that we want. Like if I had to choose cancer or not, I would always choose no cancer, but it is a compliment that he loves us enough um, and he trusts us enough with a struggle and a journey like this. But can I encourage us to be faithful? with that compliment that he has given us, with the challenge that he has given us. When we were at, I believe it was the church that we were at in California, while I was doing treatment in California, the pastor said, when you are unsure of the outcome of something that you are struggling with, which is most of us, right? Like we don't know the outcome, um, whether you got a horrible diagnosis. And even if the doctor has told you that you have three months, he doesn't know that he's not God. And so whether you have gotten a horrible outcome or or a um, prognosis or a good prognosis, we don't know the end of the story, but here's the thing. When you trust in Jesus as your savior, the holy simplicity that this honestly, this whole podcast is about like, this is why we record episodes to remind people that life is scary. Life is hard. Life is really hard. And sometimes it, it's almost seems like it would be easier to just be in heaven already when it feels hard and complicated and scary and unknown, which I know you are feeling right now. If you are a freshly diagnosed patient, I want you to remember that life is like a DVD series. Um, when you are scared about the ending, you can look at the rest of the DVD series covers and see the main character in them and realize, okay, so even though this scenario in episode two is really scary and I'm really afraid that this character is going to die, he's probably not because I see him on the DVD cover for episode 10 as well. And so he's probably not going to die in episode two. And I, I, I hope this analogy is making sense for you. I love that the pastor shared this because it was such an aha moment for me feeling like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. And honestly, like it wasn't, it wasn't like I had these thoughts once it like, these are thoughts that I still think like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the cancer is going to come back. I don't know if I'm going to be in remission at my next scan, but what I do know is the ending to my life, no matter what the scenario or the situation that's happening in my life prior to the ending of my life, the ending doesn't change. Jesus is still going to be there at the end. Jesus is still going to offer heaven and perfect existence with him in eternity. If I'm, if I trust in him as my savior and I don't have to be scared, I don't have to worry that, oh my goodness, I don't know what is going to happen. I think about, um, Ben and I love, love, love the, um, the show 24 and 24. I'm pretty sure it has like 10 seasons, um, of 
of shows, of episodes. And there were so many scenarios where I thought, oh my goodness, how is Jack Bauer, you know who I'm talking about, if you have seen 24, how is Jack Bauer going to get out of this situation? It's impossible. He's for sure going to die. But the funny thing is that there were 10 more seasons with Jack Bauer. And so he wasn't going to die. Like he had to continue existing in order for the rest of the seasons to happen. And I didn't have to be scared because there was a promise that he was going to be in the rest of the episodes because he's the main character and he, he's what's up. He is not going anywhere. And it's, it's the same. It's the same when we have Jesus in our life, we don't have to be afraid about the ending because no matter what the scenario, Jesus is it. Jesus is the ending and we can trust him. One of the mantras that I had while I was going through treatment, um, was it won't be like this forever. It's not going, I am not going to be suffering forever. Um, another, another mantra that I had to write down was I have an opportunity to pray for my family in a unique way that I haven't before. And I have an opportunity to completely entrust them to God. This is something that I wrote down when I was doing my stem cell transplant and I was downtown in Atlanta for at least six weeks with my mom and I was away from the girls. I could not live with them. And I was so, I was heartbroken. Like I was, it was the most devastating time of my entire cancer journey was my stem cell transplant when I could not be with the girls. Um, and so I had a really wise friend share this with me that I have such a unique opportunity to pray for my family. Um, like I've never had to completely entrust them to God, um, before, although I would have like to say that I had completely entrusted them to God, I didn't have to the way that I did when I was doing transplant. Um, and so maybe this is your situation. Maybe you feel like what in the world, like I'm the mom, what happens if I pass away from my diagnosis? Just remember that he has numbered your days. He knows and he has a perfect plan for your family. But right now you have such a unique opportunity to pray for your family that you haven't before. And to completely like no more white knuckles, hands open, completely entrust them to God. And another thing that was, um, came from that conversation with a friend was that God is with my children, my family, my husband, even when I'm not, and who better to be with your family than the Lord. He is going to use this season of separation to build us, to build you and your family into who he wants you to be for your good and for his glory. Okay. Um, friends, I want to share with you really quickly, cause we are coming up on the end of our time. I want to just share some really practical things with you. I want to share songs that encouraged me and then verses that were just, I just kept reading and reading and reading and just kept closely in my heart throughout treatment. Some of the songs that I listened to honestly just pop my headphones in during treatment, especially, or when I was trying to fall asleep at night and horrible thoughts just kept running through my head. Um, one of them breakthrough, um, by red rocks worship. Um, another one, do it again 
by Elevation Worship. And you can find all these on Spotify or Amazon Music, whatever, Apple Music, whatever you prefer. You can honestly just Google them and they will play for you on YouTube. Um, Raise a Hallelujah by Bethel Music. Um, Rescue by Lauren Daigle. Oh my goodness. If I could choose one song that got me through, it was Rescue. And that was just, that was on repeat. Um, all the time. And I just weeped through it a lot. Um, but I want to share with you one thing before I share with you about these verses. Um, some of you may not even call yourself a Christian. Maybe you do not identify with Jesus whatsoever right now in your life. And that is okay because everyone's story is different. And I want to encourage you if you are if reading the Bible is completely foreign to you, that is okay. There is no better time than right now to start. Um, and I want to encourage you with, um, if you do not understand the Bible right now, like if you read it and you're like, I, I don't even know what these words mean. I got nothing from that. That doesn't mean that you are not a Christian. Even if you are a Christian reading the Bible and you're confused, that doesn't mean that you're not a Christian, or maybe you don't claim to be a Christian and you're struggling to get through the Bible. I want to encourage you that somebody once told me that reading through the Bible or reading the Bible at all is kind of like being lost in a store. So think of yourself when you were little and you would say, mom, you kind of panicked and you're looking for your mom. You're looking for refuge and hope. And you're hoping that she didn't leave you out to be taken by a stranger or eaten by wolves. (laughs) And you are shouting mom, mom. And she realizes that you're lost. And so she's calling you and slowly, but surely it might not be immediate and you might feel panicked at first, but slowly, but surely you hear your mom's voice. And the more steps that you take step-by-step, the closer you're going to get to her, the more clearly you're going to hear her voice. And eventually you're going to see her. And so if you're discouraged, again, Christian or not Christian yet about reading the Bible, feeling like it just confuses me, or I don't know what this book is saying. I don't even know how to find verses in the Bible. Just, just think of this analogy. It, the Lord wants us to draw near to him and he promises to meet us if we seek him. It, we might seek him over and over and over and, and feel nothing or hear nothing from him, but he promises to bless us and to meet us where we are at. So let me encourage you with that. Don't be freaked out by um, verses that I'm going to share with you and, and talking about the Bible. Okay. Some verses um, that just kept me rooted in him. Psalm 16, um, Uh, And mainly at the end of Psalm 16, where it says his goodness, um, it says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy one see corruption. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Oh my goodness, this Psalm encouraged me so much. And y'all, can I just tell you right now that, um, the Psalmist is not talking about necessarily now don't hear me say that the Lord is not going to heal you because again, I am a living proof that the Lord does heal, but, um, this Psalm is not necessarily talking about 
physical healing about God, not allowing us to have, um, suffering or struggle or healing us here on earth, but, but it is talking about, um, eternity. And when it says you make known to me, the path of life in your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand, are pleasures forevermore. And so this means in eternity, <laughs> when we are in his presence, like actually fully in his presence, there will be fullness of joy fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So as I, as I read verses like these, it encourages my heart that maybe death is not so scary that maybe if death, like, right, right. Maybe this year, like at this age, if that's what the Lord has planned for me, maybe it's not so scary because fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore that that doesn't sound too bad. Proverbs three, um, is talking about resting even in scary times. And I have always been a terrible sleeper and I've struggled with anxiety my whole life and then add cancer into the mix. And honestly, after my diagnosis, it could have been disastrous. Um, if I didn't know the Lord Proverbs three, um, is, such a reminder of what the Lord can do, even with our physical bodies, like how he can heal us and how he can give us sweet sleep. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked. When it comes for the Lord will be your confidence and will be your, and will keep your foot from being caught. This is Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Habakkuk 1, 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Oh my goodness, friends. And again, while these verses can encourage us on earth about what the Lord is um, going to may do with us, they are mainly talking about eternity, mainly talking about heaven and where we are going to ultimately rest with him. And for me, these, these helped death be less scary um, because hearing that I'm going to be utterly amazed um, because God is going to do something that I would not believe even if I were told that is so encouraging to my heart. Like I will accept that, <laughs> that I may be a doubter, but it's still going to happen. And God is going to bring us into perfection with him. Hey, I want to take a break real quick in this episode and let you know that if you are in need of a tangible reminder that the victory is already won, which you have heard me reference that phrase multiple times throughout this episode, that phrase and that truth is what got me through the first half of my cancer journey when I was just freaking out wondering what in the world the Lord was doing. He reminded me, hey, no matter what happens, the victory is already won. We ended up putting that phrase on a t-shirt and that 
is the t-shirt that I wore to every single chemotherapy session that I had to go to. And it was such a great reminder to literally be clothed in the truth that no matter what happens, the Lord is in control. It is for my good, for his glory, and the victory is already won. So if you would like to get this same t-shirt, you can go to AllieChristian.com and click on t-shirts and grab one for yourself. If you are not the patient or the one in need of encouragement, but you know someone who is a new patient or someone who it may not even be a patient, but just needs some encouragement because they are deeply suffering in their life right now, grab them a t-shirt and maybe even grab yourself and a few other friends the same t-shirt so that you can wear it together to champion this person. Again, you can go to AllieChristian.com, click on t-shirts. It's a great way to encourage your friends, literally clothe them in truth, and also you can support this podcast. Okay, there's so much more that I could say in this episode that I would love to say, and I wish, I truly wish that we were face-to-face having coffee, especially if you are a newly diagnosed cancer patient. Um, I wish I could just hug you and that we could talk and that we could swap stories and scary things and joyful things, but alas, we are confined to a podcast for right now. So what I want to do is take a few minutes and pray over you. I pray for your children, for their joy and strength and for protection against fear. I pray for your spouse, for your husband, for your wife, whoever is listening um, to remind you that you are not alone. I pray for your family time. I pray for a beautiful testimony of faith and strength. And I pray for peace and for a sound mind. I pray for healing in Jesus' name, for healing through medicine or through the power of prayer or both, because God can heal in any way that he wants. I pray against the enemy. I pray for an increase in faith and strength and love and mercy, that your spirit would move through your family and that there would be no bitterness and no anger and that all of the emotions that you're feeling would be completely felt and expressed, but not dumped on anyone else. I pray that this time will bring wise people into your life. I pray that these people would know your heart and bring a greater light to Jesus. I pray that they would just illuminate Jesus to you and that your family or you will not be discouraged to think that because of your sin or anything else that you have done in this life, that that is what has caused this. That is not true. Sin has not caused the situation that you are in right now. I pray that if your friends don't know what to say, I pray that they would just be silent, that they wouldn't say anything hurtful or anything scary or anything that might make you think that you need to blame yourself or that you have done this to yourself. I pray that your children would love you and bring you joy and not feel like burdens and that you would not feel like you're neglecting them because you are fighting for your life. I pray that this time would bring your family together and closer than ever and not tear them apart. I pray for good gifts for you and for your children and for healing. And I pray that you would seek after God and that you would know that God sees all of you and all of your desires and all of your fears and all of your worries. And he loves you and he is 
with you. He wants to walk hand in hand with you through this. And he is, he cherishes you. He treasures you. I pray for joy. I pray that your spouse would remember that they don't have to be the savior of your family, that the Lord has already offered himself up as the savior and that his grace is sufficient for you, for the sins that you may commit, that you will commit because you are a sinner, that you will commit through this hard time. God's grace is sufficient. I pray that you would lead your family and that your spouse would lead your family well and that you would rely on the Lord to do so. I pray for strength in your marriage and in your relationships on earth here, that you would have wisdom on how to love people well and they would have wisdom on how to love you well throughout this season. And I pray for your marriage that you would just continue to fall in love with one another every single day and that the Lord would speak so clearly to both you and your spouse. I pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. All right, friends, that is all the time that we have for today. That was super long, but I pray that it encourages your heart. I pray that, um, I pray all the things that I just prayed over you. I could pray for you forever because my heart is broken thinking about all of the suffering that we have in the world, but if you need a reminder of how much you are loved or how to pray or things to remind yourself of, please feel free to listen to this episode again. And if it's appropriate, share this with a friend who is also suffering deeply. Hey, thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift. Thank you.